Hello, and welcome to Pro Construction Guide series of ProCasts. This episode will provide you with reasons why pros should consider building composite decks. I'm John Gordon. And I'm David Doval. Thanks for joining us. Pro Construction Guide magazine regularly brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. It's the only podcast for pros hosted by pros and with successful contractors as guests. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or iTunes. And look, right now, we want to thank Ram Trucks for sponsoring this podcast. We also want to let you know that the Pro Construction Guide, the August-September issues, in all your Home Depot stores nationwide. You can pick up a free copy at the Pro Desk. Uh, but if you want to read the issue like right now, you can become a subscriber of the Pro Construction Guide newsletter. And all the subscribers get a free digital copy of the issue uh, actually before the printed issue hits the stores. And it's easier. So uh, if you want to become a newsletter subscriber, go to ProConstructionGuide.com and look for the subscription application. It's in the top right corner uh, of the homepage. Hey, John, this issue was loaded with great articles, and I really like the one about the uh, installing installation and, and insulation and plywood ratings. Um, the insulation part is great because uh, with, with all of the, the green talk going on, um, uh, you know, I always, I always like it because my grandmother just said it was common sense. You know, shut yeah. the door, it's winter. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. You know, but now it's a little deeper and we're finding out with the houses about uh, air sealing. And that is really one of the most important things you can do before you insulate. You can insulate all you want, but if you don't seal up all the cracks and crevices that are in the walls, man, you kind of kind of spinning your wheels. So uh, get on there and read this stuff, man. It's good for your business. It's good for your customers. You'll uh, uh, you'll you'll shine. You'll shine when you when you that, use that, this information. Yeah, I, th I think that's really the thing. There's a lot of stuff. You say, I already know that there's stuff that's changing because technology and, and building standards are changing. But I think most importantly is like you can speak intelligently to your customers about what's going on. Even the plywood stamps. I mean, you don't want to be telling them all the different cross laminations till their eyes roll back in their head and they like they kick you out of the house because they need to, you know, shower for the next day's work. But but just knowing the details or being able to explain the details behind what you're doing and why you're doing it just makes you a better salesperson and closes more business for you. So. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, look, let's get on with the show, because uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about composite decking trends, and we're going to get some installation tips uh, from our four pros, and we're going to do all that with Tim Stevens. So, Tim Stevens, welcome to Pro Construction Guide Series of ProCasts. Can you give us, like, the 30-second uh, bio on Tim? Oh, thanks, guys, for having me this morning. My name is Tim Stevens. I'm a NARI certified remodeler. And I'm the owner of Architect of West Central and Southwest Ohio, which services the greater Dayton and the northern Cincinnati, Ohio areas. And we have for 26 years. Architect designs and builds outdoor areas such as decks and porches, pergolas, gazebos, hardscape patios, and outdoor kitchens. And you can view some of our award-winning outdoor projects on my website at west-central-ohio.architect.com or you can find your local Architect office at Architect.com. And Architect is spelled A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K. All right, good deal. I appreciate that, Tim. Tell me, um, if for our listeners who are professional contractors, what are the benefits that they should be thinking about and sharing with their homeowners uh, for, for composite decking? Well, the composite or the synthetic decking, you know, there, there's a lot of benefits um, that are associated with those. The biggest benefit is the low maintenance aspect compared to your traditional uh, pressure-treated wood or wood decks, which need stained and treated every few years to, uh, to maintain them and to, to have them look good. 
furthermore, the uh, composite decking is going to uh, last longer. Um, some of the, uh, the features of the composite decking in recent years that we've seen is the cap stock. So it's a composite deck board with basically a vinyl coating around it. They're different manufacturers, but they're, they're, they're similar. And uh, what we get there is um, some natural-looking colors. It's harder to stain and scratch, and it comes with a fade warranty, typically depending on the manufacturer, 20 to 30 years, which you're just never going to get with a wood deck. Makes, makes good sense. So um, there's, there's some cool trends in composite decking and railing that are way past kind of what some of the old blasé stuff was. Um, even better formulas. Talk, talk a little bit about that so, uh, for, for our pros. Oh, sure thing. Well, as I mentioned, the cap stock is um, the newest thing out there. And it's able to closely mimic some of the dark, rich colors of the tropical hardwoods with, uh, um, without all the maintenance involved with those. Uh, many of them have a, a variegation or a darker color streak to look more like a, a wood grain and give mm-hmm. it, so it's not a, a monolithic uh, look and it doesn't look as uh, synthetic. Like manufactured, yeah. Exactly. And the other great thing is you're also able to bend the composite material, which really opens up the possibilities for uh, design. I've seen some pretty amazing stuff with that. Yes. Yeah, you can, you can really accent a, uh, an area if the, the homeowner wants to do such, and, and we've got some pretty cool pictures of that on our website. Yeah, I have to check that out. So, so Tim, aren't, aren't composite materials more expensive than building with treated lumber? Well, unfortunately, yes, initially. But when you figure the longevity and the lower maintenance cost, it pays for itself over time. Um, and your deck will look as good in, you know, 20 to 30 years as it does the first year. Different manufacturers have uh, different styles and different lines, so some are less expensive than others. But in the long run, you get more for your money. All right. Makes sense. All right, what about uh, benefits of building decks with composite materials for a contractor? Yeah, for the contractor, the big um, advantage here is not only the look and the design possibilities, but you get fewer callbacks. So on a, where a wood deck can warp, uh, you know, the boards can check, they can crack. Um, with the composite material, uh, it's all under warranty and uh, by the manufacturer against such issues as that. So, look, let's take a second here before we continue the conversation with Tim, because I want to bring a message from our sponsor. When you're in the business of building things from the ground up, you need all the help you can get. That's why Ram made the most capable and efficient trucks on the road today. Take on anything with over 10,000 pounds of towing power and over 1,800 pounds of payload. And with four-corner air suspension and 29 miles per gallon, nothing's going to stop you. Not even the gas station. Ram, America's longest-lasting pickups. So, Tim, do you need special tools? Is there, are there some tricks that our pros should think about tool-wise to work with composite decking? That's a good question. For, for the most part, uh, you can use almost anything, any tools that you would normally use to build a wood deck. Some, some keys to think about, though, you know, sharp saw blades. You want that anyway, but go with a higher tooth cut because on the composite, that's going to make a, a, a smoother cut there. 
Um, also, you want to, uh, to pre-drill pre where required. Sometimes on a, a wood deck, we can get away with not doing that, but it's easy to, uh, on certain composites, it's easy to split when you get toward the, uh, the ends of the boards when you're fastening them to the joists. Okay. The, uh, the only special tool that I can really think about that you would need with a composite, some of the composites have hidden fastener systems. Yep. And the hidden fastener systems have uh, special tools that you can use. For the contractor, it makes it go much easier for, for people who are installing quite a few of them. But if the company's not doing quite a few, you can get away without that. They, they're not required. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I, the, the hidden fastener is the... That's that's probably one of the coolest things that came along in a long time. Yep, uh, it really is nice because there's just nothing can ruin the look of a beautiful deck than a bunch of fasteners all over it. I just I like that hidden fastener idea. Good stuff. So Tim, can you provide our listeners with some tips and things they should take into consideration whenever they're building with composites? Yeah, the like everything in life, structure is everything. So if you start with good bones and you finish, uh, the finish will look uh, good on the composites. One of the things with uh, the synthetic or composite boards you do see is that any imperfection in the joist system, and the, the substructure, the joist, that's still going to be wood. We still need that for the strength. So if you crown it incorrectly or something like that, um, that's going to manifest itself on the uh, the deck itself. So pay attention to the uh, the substructure. The other big thing is it's easy to get in trouble. You have to pay attention to the manufacturer's installation instructions. If not, they'll be quick to void the warranty when there is an issue. And um, most uh, back to the the structure part. Most composites will span 16 inches on center perpendicular to the joist, so a 90-degree right. to the joist. Um, a lot of the pictures that you'll see, we do a diagonal decking. I have a lot of people asking for a diagonal decking. Completely possible with the composite material, but the joists need to be closer together. So, um, again, get back into the manufacturer's instructions. We and hate it, but you got to read the instructions. you got to read the instructions. That's the bottom line, you bet. Yeah, I had to drop to 14 for the angle that I ran, so 14 on center. So great advice. Yep. So look, let's, let's summarize this. We've got a lot of pros listening. There's a lot on their brains. Um, are there other points that you think um, that we should kind of get pros' attention on while we're talking about this topic? You know, the, the big thing on the, um, in the instructions that a lot of people miss, and I find it when I, when I go out and look at uh, projects that other people have done and such, is the spacing of the stringers on the steps. Um, it's almost counterintuitive to someone who's been doing it a long time, but they're much, much closer, but e even more so than the uh, uh, structure on the deck itself. You know, a lot of times they want a stringer at every eight inches on, uh, on center. And I see a lot of guys missing that one. That's, wow, that's huge. You're right, it's completely counterintuitive. Um, yeah. Good information. Look, Tim, let's do this. Let's take and, and wrap everything up into like maybe a handful of points. Uh, I like to summarize and just say, boom, boom, boom. Here's the things that you should think about while, when you're talking composite decking. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And I would bring that back down to uh, um, the design and what you're building. So the big thing there is ask the homer, homeowner how long they'll be in the, uh, the house because it's that return on investment. If you're going with composite, 
you don't want to be moving in three years or so. Great you point. won't get that return on investment. The um, rails, um, that's something that, that guys should look at there also. The rails do not necessarily match the composite decking. So a lot of times we go with a, uh, a contrasting um, color on the rails, which, make, which looks really nice. But also, the homeowner needs to know that for the, the contractor who's out in the field, you know, bidding it. And then, how do you want the, uh, the deck to look finished? You know, your trim boards, and there's a lot of composite pieces and skews out there. Just become familiar with what uh, your local yards carry so that you know you can get all the pieces and what you can actually provide the homeowner. Great, great Good advice. Stuff. Hey, great let me advice. let me ask him a question. Sure, uh, Tim. Do you do you guys use do you use many aluminum rails? The powder coated aluminum rails. We do. Yes, we use um, quite a bit of the aluminum rail and the vinyl rail and the composite rail on the uh, composite decks. Makes it makes for a nice look. There's nothing like I, I really like the powder coated uh, finish. It's just nice. That yeah, makes well, it pop. Really and the does. aluminum rails really open up. It's a smaller profile, mm-hmm. so it opens the deck. Even a small deck can look bigger with a uh, with an aluminum rail. Yeah. I, I agree. Good, 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 awesome. good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, Tim. Thanks for your time and for your expertise, um, folks. If you're listening or you are listening and you want some more in depth information about building with composite decks, you can check out Tim's website. It's westcentralohioarchitect.com. WestCentralOhioArchitect.com, um, and that's West-Central-Ohio.Architect, and that's A-R-C-H-A-Deck.com. The good thing about a podcast is you can keep playing that over till you get it right. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Now that's a little bit of projection from me. All right, David, it's time for us to dive into the spare parts box and see what's going on in there. Something we like to pull out that's just a cool thing that we think it's just good to have with you. This week we're going rocket science. We're pulling out. A can of Upshot. That's right, Kills Upshot. It's a spray paint uh, for textured ceiling. Not that this would ever happen to you, but a little water leaks through, changing the toilet. you got a water spot on the ceiling downstairs. Uh, you don't want to have to scrape the whole ceiling. Uh, upshot. Uh, painter gets a little bit over onto the ceiling. You don't have to mess with that. Upshot. And the cool thing about it is whatever their color is, old ceiling white, and you've got a 20-year-old sprayed ceiling, and you spray the Upshot, it, it matches. Don't know how they do it, but toolbox this week, upshot. Yeah, good product. One more part with the upshot is if you have uh, drywall paper that's peeled back and you have to patch a hole, you can actually spray the brown paper with the uh, upshot because it's an oil-based product. It will seal off that paper, and you won't have any bubbling uh, when you go to put your drywall compound. And the nice part about that is, is you don't have to trash a brush to get out a can of paint. So Dang, David, look at you. We Ooh. use it pretty regular. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Listen, if you like what you heard today, please like us on iTunes and then tell a friend about the ProCast on iTunes and about ProConstruction.com. Hey, if you haven't gotten your copy of the latest Pro Construction Guide magazine, visit the Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk or go to ProConstructionGuide.com to read the digital issue. If you've got any feedback for us, give us a call at 866 647 2346. Leave us a message. We really do want to hear your thoughts. We'll see you in our next episode of Pro Construction Guides Magazine Procast Podcast. We're hoping that you're going to make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.